Good afternoon. You are listening to Resonance at 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. This is the show where we explore art from the past and art from the present to understand how we have expressed ourselves through time. Now, the theme this week is what do you think about art? And this episode pretty much does what it says on the tin because I decided that you spend most of the time listening to my opinions on things. So actually, it might be nice to hear what you, the general public, think about art. So I went outside the Tate Modern and the National Gallery to interview you lovely lot about art. And then I thought it'd be fun since I was at the National Gallery to do my National Gallery top 10 artworks that you must see and you may not not even know they are on your doorstep in London. So that is what is coming up on today's show. Now, the people that I interviewed didn't know I was going to approach them outside of the National Gallery and the Tate Gallery. So some people quite naturally ran away and some were all but too happy to share their opinions on art. And my favourite thing, though, was that everybody seemed to say something completely different, which I absolutely loved. And also, as you will hear, not only did everyone have a unique response, but I loved how many people from different parts of the world had sort of culminated in London to enjoy art. So without further ado, let's jump straight in. My first interview is with Cade and it was outside the Tate Modern Gallery and he shares his experience at the Tate Modern. Um, I'm just going to let you hear it because it sort of speaks for itself. So here is Cade. Hey, nice to meet you, Cade. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about art. What is your opinion on art? Um, I feel like all art is good, but some art, I feel like it requires either some annotation or some meaning because where you just have it as a visual, like if it looks visually good, but has nothing behind it, then I just feel like it's a waste of time. I know what you mean, like there's no point in putting it out there unless you're going to show people into your mind. Exactly. And um, I can't remember the name of those people. Is it the curators? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They kind of like tried to give an explanation of what the artist was doing. I feel like... Unless they actually speak to the artist, how can they actually know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think it needs some context for sure? We're talking about mostly modern art here, like really abstract. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, The other thing I have... Well, I'm going to give you a quick story about the Tate. Go for Um, it. Some of the art, I feel like, especially modern art, when I came years ago, there was actually a man um, naked, basically looking at the camera, but facing away from it. And he was actually doing a number two. And just before... Stop it, you're joking! That's horrible! And then what happens is... Just before it drops out, the video loops. And I thought, this can't be art. He's literally taking the mick. Like, he must be taking the mick. So, you, I did not think you were going to say anything like that. That is no, a fantastic story. Yeah, that's actually... And that's when I have last went to the, uh, the Tate Modern, like, years and years ago. Yeah. Even though I worked right close to it, I just thought... Ah, oh, that's it. I can't do it. I can't deal with modern art. So it kind of put you off a little bit and you thought, that's not art, that's what I do in the privacy of my own bathroom. Yeah, I mean, one of the pieces as well was like a light switch and I thought, I could literally be an artist then. I could just take anything, put it on display and say, that's all me. That's my expression of art. Because there's so much that's provocative and it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't have to be shown to everyone. It could just be your own personal expression, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. That's, that's, I, so do you like any of the masters, like the Impressionists or any of the kind of really old paintings? Um... Maybe I'm not that much into art, but no, no, again, really. my opinion is like, for example, the old ones, mm. you're talking about like Mona Lisa and stuff, is yeah, that what you mean? Yeah, like any, yeah. Again, I went to see the Mona Lisa in, what's it called, the, the Louvre? The Louvre, yeah. Yeah, yeah Louvre. Um, everyone gathered around it. I had a quick peek and I thought, 
all of these other paintings for me are so much better, have so much more detail and so much more realism to it. And the Mona Lisa is getting all the accolades. I don't understand. So it's slightly uh, underwhelming, as it? Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's because it has more of a story behind it and the artist behind it. But I just felt like, yeah, it's, as you say, it's uh, underwhelming. Yeah. That goes back to what you said about context. It needs context to be able to be appreciated totally. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been enough. such a pleasure. Take care. Have a good day. Cade, 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 Cade. I love that story. But um, I kind of completely got the point of what he's saying. I don't think he's wrong. Like, I think a lot of people, when I speak about art, they say similar things, which is that I don't like art that I think I could do myself or that doesn't appear to have had any talent behind it. And I, I don't disagree. I mean, it can be really hard to quantify what art actually is, but I definitely think it can be a little bit frustrating to experience art if you find that, you know, it doesn't add anything that you just didn't feel that you could do. And it sort of maybe sometimes can be art for the sake of art I don't know maybe that's a bit controversial but okay anyway we are now on to Andreas who visited the Tate Modern to see one of his favorite artists from before the Russian Revolution in 1917 who and essentially the artist shows the lives of hard workers in everyday Russia and I really enjoy the fact that he says that art in London and um, London sorry has so much to be proud of in terms of his art scene so here is Andreas uh, okay, so why don't you introduce yourselves? I'm here with Andreas. Andreas, nice to meet you. So you've just been to the Tate, is that right? Yes, we uh, uh, came to this uh, Tate Modern to, to uh, watch uh, the uh, exhibition of Natalia Goncharova. It's a very famous uh, uh, painter in Russia and the world. It's, uh, she started to work as a painter uh, before the Russian Revolution, and then it's uh, her, uh, uh, her creating uh, was divided uh, between uh, the Russian and Europe because it's in Soviet Union we don't know about this uh, artist. That's so interesting. I haven't heard of that artist before, but now I feel like I want to go and look at their work because before the revolution and then such a tumultuous time must have been. Is it quite powerful artwork? Quite. It's uh, her uh, exhibitions is uh, very interesting because. Uh, 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 this uh, shown the uh, her way, way from uh, under the uh, impressionist and the cubism and the new modern uh, currents in the painting in the Europe, and uh, but uh, the her roof uh, is a Russian, is a Russian rural village, and uh, and uh, she tried to show their life in this village in this uh, with a uh, bit uh, hard uh, work uh, on the on the field in the some uh, yards and another i love how passionate you are about this artist there's some people just kind of rock up and i've spoken to some people today they don't know what they're looking at and you guys have come with an intention and you've clearly very passionate about this artist so i'm really glad that i spoke to you it's one more question um are you going anywhere else today to look at any more artwork in london or around and about no it's uh, because we are living now it's uh, in the london we are uh, often to visit a lot of uh, exhibition it's uh, we like uh, britain uh, tate modern tate britain uh, national galleries yes. and another uh, yes. uh, because london is very uh, very powerful uh, <clears throat> place for uh, arts. Mm -hmm. It's in different uh, yeah. ways, in mm -hmm. different kinds of arts. It's yeah. very nice. Yeah. That's why I'm here talking to people because it's got such a big art scene. And thank you so much for spending the time thank to talk to me today. I hope you have a lovely time at the National Gallery as well if yeah. you go. Yeah.
See, that made me proud to be from London. People come from all over to see the artwork that we have here. And um, yeah, especially Andreas. I love that he knew exactly what he wanted to see and he went and saw it. And um, yeah, I felt a little bit uh, naive. I didn't know the artist he was talking about, but I've since done a little bit of research. And um, yeah, her work is, is truly beautiful, p- depicts the everyday lives of, um, of Russia. So yeah, super interesting. My next interview is with Roger. And I'm not going to lie, I chose Roger because he had a bright pink shirt on and I thought that he might um, have some insightful things to say about art and I was not wrong so here is Roger outside the Tate Modern. Okay hi I'm here with Roger and we're gonna have a little conversation about art. Hi Roger. Hi how are you? I'm good thank you so what do you think about art that's such a general vague question but any thoughts you have are valid so go ahead. Uh, Well I think it's important to buy what you like if you're gonna buy and just enjoy it. You're an art collector then? Not really no I just enjoy art so that's why I'm here. Okay, okay. So have you ever been in the market to buy a piece? Are you looking to buy or? I bought a piece once or twice, but small pieces, nothing major. What kind of style was it? Uh, It was a contemporary piece, yeah, Um, but of a traditional building, so. Like an abstract of something quite old. That sort of fusion of of old and new is quite nice. Yeah, we love fusion, yeah. (laughs) And you're going to the Tate now? Going to the Tate now. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right, well, I hope you enjoy it. Have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you. I love how Roger just went straight in there with, if you're going to buy art, buy things you love. Um, I mean, what a great sentiment. He's not hes not wrong, though. I mean, I think, obviously, in the art world, when pieces seem to go for hundreds and thousands, even millions, so much of what you're investing in is the name behind the artist. But the name kind of, and it comes with its sort of context as well. For example, you know, Picasso, you, you kind of come with the context of that he's really changing things in the art world. So that carries a lot, too. But... I think so many people buy for investment, but or for, you know because an artist's trajectory is looking really, really positive too. Or somebody has established themselves and their works will only become more lucrative. But for me personally, I think you should buy art that you love, and you're not going to get bored to look at uh, in you know ten, twenty years time. Now, my favourite interview from outside the Tate was Subir and Mel. Now, this pair were dressed, looking so cool, so trendy, very intimidating. But um, I think they were. Students as well, and they had some really interesting things to say about political art as well. So here is Subir and Mel. Okay, I'm here with Subir and Mel, who I've just found outside the Tate. Um, what do you guys think about art in general? Um, it depends. What kind of art are we talking about? I mean, it's a really vague uh, <laughs> question, wasn't it? I guess. Yeah. Or like, do you have a preference? Whether you like old art, new art? Um, I, I would. I prefer stuff the the, the Tate Modern has. So like modern art, right. contemporary stuff, uh, stuff that like makes you think about some serious issues currently that are yeah. taking place so yeah yeah there's yeah. a lot of environmental art as well going on which yeah. i think is really important uh, yeah. what about you mel i'm the same i prefer like kind of social political yeah, art I'm, I'm, uh yeah i prefer kind of art that kind of teaches you things mm-hmm. i prefer i like being spoon fed i don't really <laughs> like having to guess what a shape is saying to me <laughs> i prefer kind of like oh my god that photography yeah. is amazing and that's yeah. a really current thing yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i like that kind of thing no i, I yeah sorry. sorry yeah i don't really like kind of the old-fashioned like paintings of ships and stuff yeah. i'm not into that yeah. of, like very it, rich like, white people yeah. i'd rather i'd rather not see yeah, like, <laughs> we've seen all we've seen too much of that to be honest i mean so don't go to the national gallery is basically what you're yeah. saying <laughs> you can if you like that but i i, I just you wouldn't see yeah, me there sure. <laughs> uh, what kind of issues are we talking about here like uh kind of uh Gender issues, social issues. What kind of? It's, it's sort of like a hybrid of all of them. Mm-hmm. So, because some of the issues they interlink, they're not separate issues. So, it's, it's, it could be about race, could be about gender, could be about climate change, could be about just general sort of 
oppression that people are dealing with, uh, mental health, um, and all of these things are not separate entities. They all link in some ways. So totally, and they're all incredibly important. And finally, yeah. we're getting to talk about them now, which is great. In 2019, it's only yeah. taken what too long. Um, can I quickly just ask you about your jacket though, because I absolutely love it. It looks vintage. Talk to me. Um, no, it's very like um, 90s, um, fresh Prince of Bel Air, and I. That's it. the kind of stuff stuff I'm into. And I do this thing where I wear like very monochrome black, and then I just add it with a touch of color. So you can see. Pop of color. Quite, like, yeah. I mean, you look great. You both look great. Um, I oh, hope you, you enjoy great. your day. You look great. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> we all look great today. Yeah. Um, we, we tried. See, I absolutely love that interview. We made friends at the end of it. Didn't you love that? I approached a stranger, asked him about art, and then we became friends. And because this is an audio platform, you can't see Subir's outfit, but my goodness, it was awesome. He looked like he jumped straight out of the French, the, fre- oh, the Fresh Prince of Ballet. He had this like 90s geometric print thing going on and it was great. And I also happen to think they raised a really good point, which is that a great way to get a message across these days is through visual visual mediums. You know, you take David Attenborough at the moment, his climate change documentaries are are kind of really speaking to the general public as well because we like it and we listen when we can see things. So I think it's a really, really important point that they make that, you know, if you're going to be political with art, which um, a lot of artists are, then, you know, have something important to say, say something that's relevant, say something that's going to, you know, touch the minds and imaginations of those viewers as well. So we're going to go to the National Gallery now where I bumped into Jamie who had some had a more kind of spiritual take on the importance of art which I was absolutely there for. So here is Jamie at the National Gallery. I am here with Jamie outside of the National Gallery and Jamie what is your opinion on art? Uh, it's a good thing to widen the mind and the and uh, the spirit to try and find something inside of yourself and in the painting, so. Oh, I like that. That was really insightful, <laughs> immediately. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite artist? Uh, not really, I just like to go along. If it makes me feel something, then I've got something out of it, and yeah. that's good. Perfect, do you, have, you, have you been to the National Gallery yet? Or are you planning to? No, we just come out, it was wonderful. Uh, so much to see. Um, you could spend a lot more time in there, but it was it was it was great to have so many masters in so such a small little area yeah for sure i mean yeah there are so many things to see in that i often get caught up and i just i never want to leave but i have to um do you paint yourself are you an artist into art no i'm terrible <laughs> I, I like i like i go to a lot of music and everything like that but I've, i don't really have much uh, art in me personally but i can appreciate people that do well, you know, fortunate for people like you that get to go and, you know, see the art and appreciate the art, even if you don't partake. But thank you so much for talking to me. No it's been you. an absolute pleasure. Bye. Thank you. Oh, Jamie was so nice. And I thought what he said was really important too, um, you know, because... I love how so many people claim not to be artistically talented, but they really appreciate art and have, you know, this kind of really visceral response to it as well. They interact with it in a really personal way. And I think that art can have so many benefits too. It can force you to feel different things, analyse yourself. And I think even its composition can appeal to, you know, even the data analyst in you or, you know, it can just fill you with joy too. So, Jamie, I think you made some really good points. Now, next I have Mr. Luke Hughes and uh, he he gave some really, really fantastic insight on his experience with art too. Here is Luke. 
Oh, I'm having a little bit of trouble finding Luke's interview. All right, no problem, Luke. Sorry, Luke. Right, we're going to move on to a group of girls that I spoke to. Um, they were probably young adults, but in maybe in their mid-teens, and they looked a bit shy to talk to me, but actually had the most insightful things to say as well. So here are the girls I spoke to outside of the National Gallery. Hi guys, we're outside the National Gallery here and I want to hear what you guys think about art. Any opinions are valid? Um, well, I think art is a way to express yourself and I think, um, you know, there are no boundaries to art. You can go as far as you want to go. So yeah, I just think it's very expressive. So, yeah. well, I think that's a very mature uh, explanation for how you feel about art. Thank you so much. And what about you? Your hair is absolutely awesome. Um, much uh, thank you very much and yeah I also feel like art is also a very like a very good way to express yourself because you can go like anywhere you want to go with it as like as you can see I feel like my heart my hair is also some art you know I can totally thank you very much yeah and thank you yeah that's it well, it's self-expression isn't it as well so you've gone for you've gone for pur- I guess purple lilac it looks amazing uh, what about you um, I think art is very good because you can also push boundaries so art should not just be about expressing yourself it can also be about some political issues or anything that is anything that you feel like you can just put it into art and convey a beautiful message totally you guys have some great ideas about what you think about art I feel like art is a way to you can use art to tell a story without words yes. like I feel like art is beautiful and you can just express <laughs> You're doing really well, you're doing really well. Your nails are also art, maybe we can talk about those. <laughs> I like my nails. Um, I feel like you can just express yourself with art in ways that words cannot and it's just a very beautiful thing and I feel like it's very, very underappreciated because everything around us is literally art. From the clothes you wear, from the buildings around us, I feel like art is just very underrated but it's one of the most beautiful things on earth. What a wonderful way to talk about art. And I also agree that art is everywhere, that we're literally completely surrounded by it. So thank you so much. Again, I thought an amazing point, the fact that art is self-expression. So it makes sense that we can actually, you know, walk around as our own piece of artwork as well. You know, the girls I spoke to, one of them had this gorgeous lilac hair. It was braided. It looked amazing. And then she had beautiful nails as well. So, you know, you don't have to be an artist to express yourselves and, um, you know, add add to the kind of the world in that way. And I love the comment that art is absolutely everywhere. She's bang on. I mean, it is one of the most meaningful things we can do to add to society. You know, everyone has their own place. And I think, you know, making the world a nice place to be and and an accepting place to be as well. It can be done through art and, you know, expressing yourself is is all part of that. So I thought that that was a really fantastic insight. I finally, I found, I found Luke Hughes, guys. Um, (laughs) Here's Luke. He gives some really interesting insight as well on his experience with art as well. This was outside the National Gallery too. Here's Luke. Okay, so I am here with... Uh, Luke Yates. Hi, Luke. How are you? All right. Not doing too bad. So you're outside the National Gallery, but I don't know whether you've been or haven't been yet. About five years ago. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Maybe time to go again? Definitely. <laughs> so what is your opinion on art in general? You can say whatever you want. You can like it, not like it, however you feel. I like art. Yeah, it's just it's a form of expression, isn't it? you got to see what you like, see what people less like, and yeah. find some sort of compromise for art's art. Yeah. Art. To- totally. Do you do art yourself? Are you an artist? No. no I've tried, and uh, I think it was a C at GCSE, so I think we'll leave that one uh Leave the one to bed. Fair enough. <laughs> I saw you looking at this as well, the, P- the Peace and Love statue. Welcome to London. I think this says a lot uh, with very few words, and I think it's really special. Have you? I've seen you admiring it with your friend. Yeah, uh, that's the idea of art, though, isn't it? Trying to say something about words. Of course, you've got poetry and all that. 
I mean, art, so art is political as well, I guess, so. But does art not transcend politics? I'm not the joy of it. Yeah, absolutely. Luke, thank you so much for talking to me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. There you go. I found Luke. I thought he, I really liked the fact that he was like, no, I gave it up because uh, my art, my art was bad. Um, <laughs> GCSE, which was uh, a response that um, I often get from my friends when I talk about, you know, they say, no, I can't, I can't even draw anything. And I think, you know, you know, you should try. There are lots of different forms of art uh, that you can try and get involved in. But, um, but yeah, I thought it was um, such an interesting experience to talk to you lovely lot on the streets of London. So thank you all if you were involved and look out for me next time with my, uh, you know, resonance one. 104.4 FM questions and my microphone. Good afternoon. You are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I was outside the National Gallery interviewing you guys. So I decided to create a National Gallery's top 10 images to see. And the reason I did this was because so many of the pieces that I saw when I was in there, I didn't actually know were in the National Gallery. I know it's really shocking. I should be ashamed of myself. But here we go. In I Also, I put them in chronological order to make it easier because I thought it might be a bit confusing. So they're dated in chronological order and happens to be the layout of the gallery too. So if you wanted to do my top 10 uh, paintings to go and see at the National Gallery, then it makes it easier for you because they are in order. So in at number 10 was the Arnolfini portrait by Jan van Eyck from 1434. This painting, you may not know the title of, but you have definitely, definitely seen it. It is one of the most iconic images from the medieval period, mainly due to its colours. For example, um, the lady in it is wearing a bright green dress and also the complicated use of iconography too. It sometimes is called the Arnolfini marriage and is the portrait of Giovanni Arnolfini and his wife in their home, presumably in Bruges. Now, his wife looks pregnant, and this is one of the most common comments on this piece of work, but she is not. It is just medieval fashion and poses playing tricks on us moderns. Um, she doesn't, she's actually not pregnant, but it, the way that she's presented looks a bit to us, to us in the uh, 21st century, looks like she is, but she's not. But it has a really sophisticated use of life and space for the time it was painted in the 15th century and it uses this mirror technique too to give even more space to the room and this was at a time too where people were just getting to grips with these sort of new techniques of perspective and something um sorry perspective but there is something so fascinating about this piece it almost looks a bit timeless and modern and i believe it was also used in the desperate housewives intro as well so that may be why you've seen it but you definitely have i promise you look it up it's a very interesting piece and you may think that you've got no interest in medieval art but there is something kind of eerie about this piece that's really really interesting now in at number nine is the supper at a mouse and this is by caravaggio from 1601 and i just think everyone should see a caravaggio piece at least once in their life and this particular painting depicts the moment where jesus has been resurrected and reveals himself to his two disciples assumed to be luke and cleopas in the town of Emmaus or a mouse, sorry. And it's very, very standard for Caravaggio, as many of his contemporaries also did, is to paint religious topics. 
But Caravaggio's grasp on chiaroscuro, which means intense light and dark, so keep that one in your pocket for when you're at a dinner party, and his new technique of foreshortening as well, which is basically when something juts out at you in a painting at an odd perspective, it's dramatically alters the shape of something and the way it looks, so it makes a huge change from the more flat pieces that you've seen from the Renaissance where everyone's skin is the same bland shade and they all look like they're slightly flat against the background. So this is where Caravaggio steps up and is like, no, I'm going to paint things that look like they're coming at us and really sort of play with the boundaries of perspective in that sense. So definitely go see this Caravaggio piece. You won't regret it. Number eight is the standing, sorry, lady standing at a virginal. Now a virginal is a piano or some sort of keyboard from the 17th century and this painting is by Johann Vermeer from 1670 to 1672 around that two-year period and the painting shows a wealthy lady as I said standing playing a virginal on a tiled floor now the reason I think this piece is great is because Vermeer is very famous for his use of perspective and light is really really impressive for his time it's also got a photo realist element going on too. So if you like paintings that look like the thing they are painted of, then you will love this piece too. But his technique is wholly masterful. He really, really does present this piece in a beautiful way as well. And, you know, he's really got the kind of, the lighting is just perfect. It was, it's all on the canals as well. So you can see that sort of light coming through the window and the perspective is beautiful. Her expression is beautiful as well. Vermeer, you may know for painting Girl with a Pearl Earring as well. And very another intriguing piece with an anonymous subject. But again, he uh, Vermeer is also famous for using the camera obscura as well to create this really um, accurate portrayal of what he's painting as well. And the camera obscura is essentially reflects and um, presents an opposite uh, image of what the thing is. So it, it becomes um, easier to paint in that way. So yeah, pushing boundaries again and very, very impressive. So definitely go and see this piece. Now next on my list, I'd kind of cheated a bit because this is a series of six paintings, but Marriage a la Mode by William Hogarth from 1743 is a series of six satirical paintings that are just so joyous and comical. Hogarth is famous for making a social commentary on his times in the 18th century and particularly enjoyed mocking the upper classes for their follies. So this series of paintings depicts the failed marriage between a couple who marry for status and wealth rather than love, which was very, very common at the time. But it sort of reads like a storyboard and almost like a kind of soap opera. It's really quite funny, even, you know... You know, we're talking about 18th century humour here, but it is genuinely quite funny. The story starts off with the union and slowly we learn of the couple's infidelities. There's sexually transmitted diseases. There's there's begging. There's some murder. There's death at the end. Um, It really is quite cool. Um, As I said, reads more like a storyboard and a soap opera. So definitely go and see this. It's beautifully painted as well. Um, So, yeah, as, as, you know, traditional Hogarth style, it's well painted with quite a funny subject matter too. Next is An Experiment on a Bird in an Air Pump by Joseph Wright of Derby from 1768. This piece is just it's just flat out important. I think you should go see it. It's an oil painting. It's 1.83 metres by 2.44 metres, so it's really, really big. And it's of a scientist demonstrating to a household the effects of a live bird by decreasing the air inside the controlled space. Um, child, um, I was going to say child services. I mean, animal services would have a, a terrible time with this piece today. But 
it is a very, very interesting piece because it's so representative of the Enlightenment, which is essentially the movement of rational thinking over religious practices. So this is all going on at the time. You know, everyone's sort of talking and buzzing about science. Um, everyone's sort of watching this experiment unfold. One lady shielding her eyes at the horror. Others look on in amazement. And as, like, you know, call back to the technique of chiaroscuro, which I was talking about in Caravaggio's piece. But yeah, amazing sort of intensities of light and dark in this piece too. And because it's so huge, it just makes a huge impact. So definitely see that. We are slowly running out of time. So I'm going to skip through the next couple. Obviously, you have to go see Turner, The Fighting Temeraire by, from 1838. I mean, I talk about this painting. I talk about it like it's my child. But it hangs as a pair with rain, steam and speed, the Great Western Railway. You know, it's a, it's a painting. It's just stunning. The use of colour is phenomenal. The sunset's amazing. The smog is amazing. But it's a powerful painting of transition as well. It represents the old world to the dawn of a new industrial age. Definitely worth seeing. Now we have The Execution of Emperor Maximilian by Manet, which is 18. 67 to 68 incredibly important it talks about an important time in Mexican political history and individualizes the harsh harsh reality of war so I think that definitely worth seeing it is an important piece as I said in Mexican history but it's also just beautifully painted it's an impressionist painter you know with a political subject matter which is kind of unusual for its time so definitely see that it's also huge and unfinished we think that Manny probably chopped it up himself so definitely take a look at that one now my next two are the sunflowers by Van Gogh and two crabs from 1880 and Two Crabs is from 1889. Such a great piece. Bright yellow, the art, the colour, the texture. Incredible. I don't want to rush that, but I have to to get to number 10. So, oh, sorry, to get to number one, which is Tiger and Tropical Storm, Henry Russo, 1891. This piece properly stands out from the crowd. It is, it's in the Impressionist section, but super different to anything you've seen. And the autumn palette is stunning. The energy of the piece is amazing as well. And if nothing, just go see it because it's an Impressionist piece. Oh, I love the impression. Well, whew, there we go. Top 10 pieces to see in the National Gallery. I hope you enjoyed that. That is unfortunately all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much for listening to Art Then and Now with me, Anna Gammons. To contact the show, please visit Anna Gammons Art on Instagram, where you can DM me and there'll be sneaky peeks into what is coming up on each week's show. So see you next week at 3.30 on Resonance and enjoy your week.